welcome to Fur What It's Worth, an introduction to and exploration of the furry fandom. And now, two fools who have no wit, here are Rue and Tugs. I screw this up every single time. So welcome to For What It's Worth, everybody. Um, today we have season four, episode 14, Drug Use in the Fandom. Put some Bob Marley on. Bob Marley? No. Is he dead? Like, I don't really know if he's dead. Is are that are we going to have 420, like, right now? No. No, we're all sober for the... Well, at least we are sober. I don't know about the guests. Our guests we'll introduce in a moment. Um, single guest. He might not be sober, but we'll find out when we get there. So tell me how what you've been up to. I have been up to a lot. First of all, I last night I went on an amazing double date in which we did, like, a progressive dinner where we went to different restaurants. You, like, would pay a check... And go to a different restaurant? Yes. Um, That's what we did. We did it three times. Different restaurants. What? Yeah, it was super fun, though. (laughs) Can I have the check? Can I have the check? Can I have the check? Like three times? (laughs) Pretty much. Yep. Oh, my God. So basically, we we went to one place and was like, yeah, we just want appetizers. Also, have you heard about the new game that's going to be coming out? Uh, I'm not doing console gaming anymore. I really have moved to PC. Oh, come on. Remember Banjo-Kazooie? Sure, but that was that came out in 1998. Well, the makers of Banjo-Kazooie just barely announced a Kickstarter for uh, a game called Yooka Lakey or Lehi or something. I don't know how to pronounce it, but um, in one day, as far as how much money that they've raised, they've raised... One million to yeah two hundred thousand dollars when you know this this barely started so that's that's a lot of money. Rare is doing this? No, it's not rare. It's the makers, uh, it's the creators, the, the creators of Banjo Kazooie okay. and um, Donkey Kong Country. Okay, so the people who did it, not like Rare. Yes. I'm like Rare doesn't need to do Kickstarter. No, no, no Rare no, is Microsoft. Yeah, it's not Rare. It's the makers. So what was the name of it? Um. It's spelled Y-O-O-K-A-L-A-Y-L-E-E. Ukulele. Ukulele? Ukulele? Oh, from Platonic. So I see you have a fancy schmancy Apple Watch on your arm. I do. I do have the Apple Watch. And, you know, I will give a really quick review. It's great. I love it. As far as the um, the fitness aspect, you know, it. It tracks my calories, my steps. Wait, 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 wait. Bullshit. It doesn't just look at your food. You don't go, hey, watch, here's my food, and it knows. You're, it's not that simple. Come on. Okay, okay. It doesn't track my calories that way, but it, it, it tracks how much I've lost. Does that make more sense? No, because it's not a scale. How is this working? You have to be putting some data into this watch. No. How does it know that you've just lost weight? No, not lost weight, lost calories. It, it counts your... Oh, your, your kilocalories, your kilocalories that are burned during activity, oh. based off of movement. Oh, okay, that makes more sense. I'm like, your watch is not psychic. No, no, it's not psychic, but it also has a built-in heart meter as well. You so. don't have a heart, so that's a useless feature. <gasps> oh, oh. <laughs> you're horrible, you're horrible. But um, there, there's some great aspects about it. Some negative things is, is it is a first-gen product. Um, I recommend that if you decide that you want to get a, um, an Apple watch, definitely probably go for the sport instead of going. I hear it has the best 
configuration? Um, all of them are the same configuration. Apparently, it's the just... screen is better on that one though. My, I think it has to do with the with the actual glass though, not the actual. Like, I've heard water. different different rumors. Anyway. I've also heard that the metal, because it's stainless steel, um, that metal scratch is fairly easy because it's it's stainless. Yeah, stainless steel is not <clears throat> very durable. It's not very stainless. But um, but no, I like it so far. I have Mickey dancing around on my. You my inspired wristwatch. me, so I went out and got it too. You did? I did. That's awesome. That's cool. Yep. We're like Power Rangers. All right. Anything <laughs> else? No. No. All right. Sweet. Well, since you didn't lead me in, I'll tell you what I've been doing for the last while. I don't want to hear what you've been doing. Okay, fine. Okay. No. All right. Go uh, ahead. 200cc <laughs> in Mario Kart makes your face explode. Was it pretty, oh, pretty awesome? Oh, my God. I have plowed into so many walls. Uh, it's great. Uh, the ending of Final Fantasy XIV, now that they're doing the expansion, so the vanilla edition is done. Uh, I have not raged at a game that hard in a long time. Like, emotionally, I played my heartstrings. Like, I was like, oh, here's, I'm a, I'm a damn fiddle. Just play me all night. And it did. It was like three hours long. Aww. It was like a little movie. It was a reward. Uh, I'm anxiously getting ready for BLC. Anxiously. It's so close. I know. I feel like it's tomorrow, but I felt like that for the last three weeks. And there's still like two weeks, so. But I'm ready, and you all should be at the live show, which is this is airing while we're there. But oh you know. my gosh, live show is going to be amazing. Actually, no, it's airing the week before. I lied. You should be going. Definitely go to BLFC. All right, what and you mean, me? everyone, you the general, you. Gotcha. All right. Well, I'm going to push this button. Then you ready, Rue? Okay. He's only half eight. It's Ruse Kooky time. By the way, I put a new bumper. <laughs> nice. I like it. It's brand new. I love it. It's the Chips Ahoy. It's always been the Just Chips kidding. Ahoy. That's so awesome. Okay. All right, guys. Here's the cookie for the day. It says, watch for love on the first Thursday of the month <laughs> in bed <laughs> with the cookie well, the first thursday yes very specific that's an oddly specific fortune <laughs> all right let's do this other thing Potty break is over for those of you that used it. So it's time for the meat and potatoes. We have a guest with us on Skype. Can you believe we've moved beyond our locals, Rue? I, you know. I... Our audience is like, we can believe it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. They, well, they probably, you know, if they moved to the community itself, they probably wouldn't know everybody here. Well, we will introduce Mr. Guest now by asking him to recite his name, his social security number, and his blood type, or just the first thing. So hi, M Morisigasaurus. We weren't sure if you wanted to go by Moby. What happened to Moby? I uh, I've tried a bunch of different furry names. None of them really stuck. I'm just going with Morisigasaurus. You know, I have to say you're the reason I know how to spell the word Stegosaurus. Yeah, a lot of people get it wrong. <laughs> After I well, because you know, you've seen my phone in the past, and I always put people's name in as you know their furry name or whatever. And so mm -hmm. for you, I had to do Stegosaurus, and several times before phones were smart and just moved to your address book. So uh, that's how I learned. That's how I learned. So tell everyone where you live. I live in Seattle. So Seattle, like... North side, if that 
clarifies anything. Uh, Northgate area. Okay. <laughs> There's no other Seattle Rue. And <laughs> Seattle, Maine. You never know. There could be a country called Seattle. I'm going to look that up right now while you ask the next question. <laughs> no, I was just wondering what hobbies you have or interests. Besides well, I'm a, I'm a poet. Um, I perform with a band. I uh, write a lot and I read a lot and stuff. Awesome. There is no other Seattle in the world. There's no Seattle. <laughs> According to Wikipedia, Seattle means a variety of things, but none of them are cities except Seattle. So uh, we heard, so we researched you a bit before we brought you on because, you know, we have to reward you for coming on. So we heard in 1999 that you were a certified cute boy. What's that all about? One of the, uh, the venue that I started doing uh, poetry at in New York was uh, Urbana, and they had uh, every month, once a month, they'd have a theme that? slam. And uh, in January of 1999, uh, their first uh, cute boy slam was held, and I won. Um, so that was exciting. Uh, and normally in a slam, you're judged by uh, quality of poetry and quality of performance. In that slam, you were judged a quarter on quality of writing, a quarter on performance, a quarter on cuteness of content, and a quarter on cuteness of poet. A quarter on cuteness of poet. Awesome. Wow. So do you have like a certificate? Like no, this is oh. I don't, no. I mean it was a long time ago. That was God, that was another century. Actually, the only reason I know this is because I was reading I was, I was preparing for the game, so I was researching stuff from you. I need look, your work is not online and it's very hard to find copies of. And I couldn't <laughs> find the chat books you gave me. And so I was on this page where they were reviewing one of your works and someone had commented on the commenting system and said, Well, he's a certified cute boy. And I was like, What? Like I had to go look this up, so that's that's rather interesting. But we have you on today to talk about drugs because Seattle has a very active drug scene, I would say, and uh, you are a very well spoken guy. So we have we've chosen you. We have an email to kick things off with. We've got we got emails from all over the spectrum, um, and so we came out with the swinging one first. I'll be brutally honest. I despise it. Drugs are meant for medical use, and that's it. No living being should be using those without any prescription or permission. Those furries who are invited for drug use should be rejecting the offer. Call the authorities and run away! Exclamation point. <laughs> I know some who got hooked up to drugs because of stereotypical depression, but they should be holding back and think of the consequences and avoid them. An advice to furries who use, or in this case abuse drugs, consult and uh, a doctor and or counselor and allow them to assist you because they care about as much as the community does. Signed, Han, Sumac, Draco, Lobos, Rokan Seventh. Wow. That is a name. Yay. I... I in reading this email, I mean, we'll get your opinion here, but I think that's talking about prescription drugs because there's no one to give permission to use the not legal kind that were never prescription drugs. But what do you think about that kind of attitude? Have well, you run into it before? Uh, yeah, of course. And I, I think the, the most obvious response to that is um, if you hold that opinion, then you must not smoke, not eat sugar, not drink coffee, not drink alcohol. Uh, these are all drugs. And th there doesn't seem to be any logical reason to distinguish between a legal drug and an illegal drug so your argument is invalid <laughs> <laughs> fair enough fair enough oh wow he is from a place called san sandican which is in malaysia so there you go i think yeah. there's, there's a cultural element in there i would bet mm -hmm. um so sorry i had to go find, find my notes are you so you do drugs recreationally then yes i have in the past i i don't do most drugs anymore currently anyway and so why is that uh well back in the day uh, my favorite the drug i did the most often and was most meaningful to me was mushrooms and i had sort of 
reached a point with them where every time I would do them, I'd sort of reach this, this, this headspace that I, I, I was very afraid of and I wasn't able to let myself let go and, and truly experience. And I felt like it, it sort of become wasteful, sort of like I, if, if I was going to do them, I had to do the personal work that I hadn't done yet to, to get to a place where I was ready to go beyond that point. And if I wasn't willing to do that, then I should stop doing them until until I was able to to get to that place. And I'm still not there. So maybe someday I'll have done enough work on myself, enough personal development that I can take that next step. But until, until I can, I don't want to do them anymore. So what, do you do anything now currently on a regular basis? Not on a regular basis. Uh, you know, of course, weed is legal here. And on rare occasions, I'll smoke. Weed was never my favorite drug, so it's not something I particularly do that often. Um, I do salvia on occasion. I was in, as I mean, uh, I had planned to start taking salvia divinorum on a regular basis once a week. Um, but after doing that two consecutive weeks, I decided that that was uh, not a good idea. <laughs> but I still do it on occasion. And, and it was curiosity then that kind of led you down the path to, I mean, obviously at one point in your life, you had not done any drugs. Yeah. What made you cross the bridge? Was it just curiosity? Well, curiosity and, you know, I, you know I'm, I'm a poet and I thought it would be an interesting experience to to draw on for my writing, to be able to experience things in a different way, to have a different perception of things than, than, than the default perception. Uh, the first time I did them uh, was in 2000, and this is these were mushrooms, in uh, April 2000 in New York, um, and it was just an eye-opening experience. It was fantastic. It was one of the most uh, joyous experiences of my life. Is it, is it like one of those Beatles cartoons or movies, I should say? Like, you've, I'm assuming you've seen Yellow Submarine or something like it. I have not seen Yellow Submarine. I've seen some drug culture movies. I would say that, uh, no, <laughs> it's not really like that. Um, the, the, best, the best way I ever heard anyone describe mushrooms, um, it's like your real experience, like your regular day-to-day experience, but more so. Everything is more than it, than it was before. Uh, and it's, it's hard to relate to that until you've experienced it, but... Uh, Having heard that before I did them, and then having reflected on that afterwards, I think it's apt. Hmm. You want you have the other email, Rue? Sure, I'll Wolfies? go ahead and e- um, read from Wolfie. Okay, here's your second email. Okay. First, I want to say sorry, Fire Breath, for forgetting him when I got the pins for. But for one, I didn't. Uh-huh. This is referring to this is <laughs> he started out referencing a previous episode. He sent some okay. stuff to the PO box, but I didn't know how to send him stuff. So send it to us. Do I s- send it to you guys? Um, yes. So send it to us. We're gonna um, give his address two, out. I was thinking that I bought a bolt pin for tugs. I was I was like, damn, I can't just send one of the hosts a pin. So I searched all the pin stores for like Robin Hood pins, didn't find any. Um, I was getting pissed because um, they they didn't even have any Brother Bear pins I was looking for, for one of my boyfriends. Uh, then I found the random um, pins, and that pretty much sums up the fun that Rue and Koru had. Um, anywho, on to the show topic. So now everyone knows why Rue loves cookies. He he got them funny cookies. And well, we all know where Tug Tugs hides his weed um in his in his diapers. Oh god. <laughs> but but really, 
I quit smoking weed like during my second year of high school, but I had a hilarious story. So my dad got this huge boat from his friend. It, it was like where you could go below deck. So my best friend said, let's hotbox the, the boat. <laughs> Wait, time out, time out, time out. Do you know what hotboxing is, Rue? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Continue. So we did at night and had like four of those chocolate chip granola bars. I ate two, and he ate two, and then after he ate his, he picked up something off of the the boat floor. He held it up to me and asked, hey, is this a chocolate chip? I shined the flashlight and then shrugged my shoulders, and I said, sure. Then he put it in his mouth, and, and after he swallowed it, I burst out laughing, and he looked at me and said, what, what the F is so funny? Oh, no. And then I told him, dude, you just ate some rat shit. (laughs) (laughs) He freaking picked up um, that rat turd off the floor of that old boat and ate it. Oh, and when we're and and when you're done laughing, um, be sure to thank him for his service because he's now serving in the U.S. Marines. I love Thank the you Marines. for your service. Don't <laughs> eat rat shit while you're there. <laughs> um, so don't do drugs, or you'll end up eating rat shit. <laughs> Face palms. Don't even do drugs, or even if you're into scat, ew. or your mate is a rat. Also, <laughs> ew, lol. Oh, and hell. Hell yeah, Spike is the best pony. Yes. What? Uh, another previous show reference. About another previous show reference. Okay. And LOL bathroom stories. I've had the same thing happen to me like what Tug said happened to him. What was that? I don't know. Let's save the rest <laughs> of this email for the mailbag. Okay. That work? Uh, it's almost done. Okay. Um, that's why I don't use public restrooms unless I'm drunk. Or on a good buzz. And yay, baby furs. They're so adorable. One thing. Oh um, one more thing. Can um, can someone please draw a picture of Tugs trying to hide weed in his diaper. And have Rue on the, on the back eating some funny cookies. That would uh, make some awesome art for the episode. LOL. Sent from my iPhone is his name. Yes, send for my iPhone. (laughs) Wolfie. Okay, so do you have... This is a drugstore email, and I know that the joke is let's get high or whatever and talk about previous times we've done drugs. Is that really a thing, or is that just family guy being family guy? It's not my thing. There's certain people who do it. Um, I don't want to name names. You don't want to talk about other people's drug experiences, but you and I certainly have a friend in common. You probably can guess who I'm talking about, who who (laughs) does tend to reminisce about past drug experiences quite a bit. Do you have do you have good stories from when you've been? High? I don't. I, I don't. Like, that's not my thing. I'm not really a drug story type of person. A lot of my drug experiences are intensely personal. Um, I'm not that I'm, I'm comfortable talking about them. But I don't think any of them make particularly good stories. I, you know, I stared at a candle for six hours or something. Not that I literally did that, but they're they're on that level. They're 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 very much uh, about what's going on internally. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So what do you th- um, what do you think of how drugs are handled in society today? Well, I think it's great that that we are sort of in in, in, a, in a period in time when things are becoming more liberal and things are becoming a little more open and, and uh, we're becoming more comfortable with them. I think that's terrific. I think that uh, I think there's a balance. I think drugs are certainly a very serious thing and that they need to be treated with respect. Um, but I think the the, the fear that, that we've seen uh, drugs treated with in the past 50 or 60 years is a little well, – 40, 50 years – is a little ridiculous, a little over the top. I think they're tremendously powerful tools that can – do great things for people if they're if they're treated correctly, and I, I think I think we're certainly moving in the right direction. So, what do you think about like um, the DEA is and like this war on drugs type thing? I think it's I think I think it's ridiculous. I think that there has been a lot more harm done by the war on drugs than by drugs, at least in my lifetime. What I've seen. Um, that's I, I think there's certainly I think it's a mistake, and I think a lot of people make this mistake to treat all illegal drugs the same. There's a, there's a big difference in in risk between heroin and meth and cocaine and mushrooms, LSD and marijuana, and then there's some things like MDMA, which was maybe in the middle. Uh, and I think I think um, the, the the way that the drugs are scheduled in this country is nonsensical. The fact that uh, marijuana is is a Schedule One drug, and I think. I want to say heroin is Schedule Two. Uh, not positive, but I, I know there are some in- inequities like that, and it's it's uh, it's a bit strange. Yeah, methamphetamine is now a Schedule Two drug. It, you can get it by prescription. <laughs> it is Schedule Two. I just looked it up. Yep. Oh. So just for just for the audience, because a lot of people actually don't know what the drug schedules are, can you kind of like define that in a nutshell, real quick? No, no. Um, just give me just a section. A second, I will. Uh, I will Wikipedia that, and I can give you a more precise definition. I don't want to to talk out of my ass, and I don't. I don't have it. You know, well, strictly the, memorized. The drug scheduling is actually actually based on its medicinal usage, also its uh, addictability. Well, why is it there? Um, it's there for the DEA to try and classify. Um, uh, prescription drugs, basically, and oh, their usefulness, okay. how easy they are to be get to get addicted to, uh, things that have absolutely no medicinal purpose, as defined by the DEA, is a Schedule One. Um, it's something that where you cannot get it by prescription, and it's it is an illegally whoa, 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 controlled whoa. substance. The DEA has classified marijuana as a no medical use drug. Yes. Yeah, I'm actually looking at it right now, and in 2014, they tried uh, the. Um, they, they try, a group tried to get it removed from Schedule One, and the DEA refused. Uh, they did not remove from Schedule One. But, so, but I, then I, you have Schedule yeah. Two drugs now, like methamphetamine, uh, cocaine, hydrochloride is a Schedule Two drug because it is used uh, in EENT surgeries. It's for uh, it's a vasoconstrictor. There are two debates going on with pot in a high level nutshell, right? There's the general, should you just have it? And then there's the whole, okay, does it have legitimate medical uses as right. like pain relief and stuff? So the fact that we even have a debate like that seems just a little screwy that we would keep pot on schedule one. Yeah, mm. it is. <laughs> that just seems strange to me. All right, Rude, do you have any questions of it yet? And I just wanted to add, for those listeners uh, who are listening, uh, I took a, uh, a surgical pharmaceutical class in college, so I do know a lot about drugs. So, you're right over there. Mm-hmm. Are you right? Are you learning? Did you have your little scholar's hat on? <laughs> <laughs> he just pulls out a little hat. Well, okay, all right. I'll, I'll let the cat out of the bag. I'm more of the side on Hans. 
on um i don't think that his particular email that he sent in i i personally don't feel like that he sent that in it, it, it felt like he was talking about scripts but I, I don't think that it is some sort of barrier or whatever. I think that a lot of different places have that 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 feeling behind, you know, illegal drugs. That it's something, you know, we've been taught in school, you know, all this time, you know, stay away from drugs, you know, stuff like that. And and I understand that, that there are some drugs to, that are out there to help people to, I mean, you know, like for instance... I mean, like you said, you already said that there's caffeine and things. There's, um, there's those different drugs that that are out there. Nicotine, um, nicotine, alcohol, alcohol. Sugar um, is a big one. Sugar. You know, sugar. sugar is very addictive. Yeah, sugar is extremely addictive, and that's, I love it. That's <laughs> something that we need to take out of my diet sometimes. Out of your ketchup. Cookies. No, it's cookies. Just okay. kidding. Ew. No, but I guess those for, are called crackers. <laughs> for me, for myself, I don't necessarily care about what you do in your particular life. If you want to go smoke weed, if you want to go do drugs, go do them. It's your life. Go do what you want to do. But as far as with me and and my particular life, I stay away from those things because I I don't like being controlled by some sort of substance. I like being able to have my mind at all points in time because I like having control of my actions and having control of what I'm doing. And yes, you can say, well, okay, you have some alcohol to loosen up a little bit. You know, sometimes I don't drink a lot of alcohol myself because I don't want to be, you know, I I don't want to be a crazy horn dog. Yeah, that's totally valid. I think to, it is a personal lose. choice, and and that's what you say is what I've heard a lot of people say that uh, they don't want to. They they're afraid of losing control, and that's that's absolutely a good reason to avoid doing drugs. And I, I certainly don't think they're for everyone. And that's when I was talking about how I stopped doing mushrooms. That's related. I, I felt like I didn't wasn't capable of or willing to uh, surrender control to the point I, I needed to, to to have a full experience. And that's that can be very scary. And I I, I respect that choice. Yeah. Well, and you know what I I do on your side of things, you know, I respect your choice of of doing drugs itself. You know, it's one of those things I I think that, you know, I've never tried them myself. I probably never will because the reason why is because every single person that I've gone to that, you know, either has started smoking or, you know, done some form of drugs, they they themselves say, "Oh, stay away from them. Don't do them." Hmm. You know, at, at least that is what I'm getting from from people that usually do them. So well, it is when you nice. Never, and, when you say you've never tried any drug, you also said that you have tried alcohol. Why do you draw a distinction between alcohol and marijuana, for example? Because, strictly because of the law? Or do you have other reasons? Um, alcohol, marijuana. I mean, I, I don't really have. I mean, as far as with marijuana, like if I wanted to, I could go. I mean, not in this state, but I could go get marijuana myself. You could get marijuana here. You know, me. just because, oh, I can? <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. I know well, people. <laughs> <laughs> why, have you, why have you chosen not to? Why have, you, why have you decided that for yourself, alcohol is acceptable, but other drugs aren't? He's thinking. I'm, I'm thinking in my mind. I just, 
This is an excellent debate. I just don't like mind controlling stuff. Like I don't even really drink that much alcohol. So <laughs> to me, I like if I drink some alcohol, I'll drink a little bit, but I won't. I, I've never really probably been drunk before. That is not true. Remember, I went with you to Vegas. Remember, Morris, it is Utah beer. That's true. Three, two. <laughs> so, I remember what that's like. But I understand what you're saying, the distinction between the two. And I, I know some great people that, you know, that I know that they're into those, those special brownies or those, you know, the special cookies and stuff like that. I, I understand that. I, I guess what I, what I've just seen with marijuana is I have seen some people use it to where where it controls their life, you know? It it completely controls your life. Same with smoking. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's like instead of you being able to I don't you need it. It's something that it's it, an addiction. It's an addiction. It's something that it becomes something that you have to have. And I understand yeah. that there's things in my life that I have to have. But you know, like cookies and stuff like that, you know, stuff like that. So, but even cookies, eating too many cookies is a bad thing. Yes, listeners. Sure, we, we all have our vices, and if you've already got vices you're comfortable with, there's no, <laughs> there's no reason to go looking for more vices. Yeah. So I, I know, Morris, that you said that you're not a terribly big pot user, and, and that's cool. I know that you have a lot of friends who probably, like, if they don't have weed in their pocket, you're probably surprised. That is true. That is true. Okay. <laughs> so so you're exposed to that a lot more than probably Rue or I, just by virtue of where you live. And mm-hmm. so we kind of want to get your perspective on on the pot situation. And so I actually have some audio from someone they sent over that I'm going to play and kind of get your thoughts on that. Okay. Um, apparently, you can't play WMA, so I'm going to have to download this file real fast. And... So I have a issue with uh, drugs in and of themselves. I think that there's a lot of good in them and the fact that there's cancer and other disease fighting drugs plus pharmaceuticals companies and stuff that actually do help people. However, what I do have a problem with is I have a problem with the individuals who just jump on drug bandwagons like those guys that uh, smoke up on 420. Just a heads up guys. 420 was Hitler's birthday, and you're making it a holiday. <laughs> Peace. It actually, you can go look it up. It really is Hitler's birthday. Like, I think I told Corey this, and he didn't believe me, right? No, I did. Oh, uh, yeah. It's it's kind of crazy. So, how do you view those people who do the, oh, it's 420, man? Well, it's, it's, a, it's not a big deal to me. I mean, I've gone to 420 parties, I've hosted 420 party before. It's just, uh, it's like anything else. I mean, it's an excuse. Used to have a party. It doesn't really have any meaning. No one takes it seriously. There's no one I'm aware of. Um, people, at least the people I know who who smoke on, at 420 and, and make an observation of the fact that it's 420, they smoke all the time anyway. It's not like they wouldn't smoke if it wasn't 420. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's just another reason. <laughs> so it's just like, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's 420. Let's light up. Yeah. <laughs> it's an excuse. All yeah. right. Um, let's let's do this. Uh, of the email here we have from Grumper. He says, Grumper the Bear here. With me, there is some family history with drugs and drinking, and it puts me in the vice of not liking them at all. My father died of a heart attack a couple of years ago, and this was a combination of smoking, drinking, and drugs. I was about four when my mother divorced him because of his cocaine addiction. Uh, After that, he still had a problem with drinking, as did my grandfather on that side, and was a big smoker too. 
I always hated the smell of his apartment on visitation weekends. We had to shower once we got home and throw our clothes in the wash. As for me, I've had alcohol, but I won't again. I didn't like the feeling I got after two pints, and the taste of beer is terrible. Plus, I understand, <laughs> plus I understand Sheldon's reaction to hard liquor on Big Bang Theory. Since brother likes to sip on brandy or rum, I gave that a try, too. That I couldn't even swallow at first. My brain told my throat to tighten and refused to acknowledge my swallow reflex for about a half minute. Later, the very sore throat came from it. Between the experience from my father, giving alcohol a try myself, I can say no to any of it. And just getting foggy from too much beer made me start to freak out. I couldn't stand it. Smoking is icky, I can't stand it, and I wish hotels would make first stand in the rain by the woods to do it. I hate being forced <laughs> to breathe that nasty crap and entering the hotel, especially since it burns my nostrils. Due to my father, I never even tried to smoke one cigarette. I just forced the second, or sorry, just a forced secondhand smoke irritates me. I all around dislike smoking, drinking, and drugs. My life was pretty damn good, and thanks to my mom getting out early, I don't want to ruin it with that crap. Hugs to you both, and cookies to Rue, Grumper. Yay, I get cookies. So, someone goes to rain first, because that's the Seattle con. They walk on the door. How many people are sitting there with a joint in their mouth? At the front door? I would say no one. I believe that. I mean, usually, especially at a con, uh, smoking, in my experience, is done pretty covertly. Um, in fact, I see more edibles at cons than, than actual people smoking. There's that actually is a good point. So the edibles Although, thing. Well, one thing I would wanted to address about what what uh, Grumper said was uh, I think one one of the best reasons to avoid drugs if you're if you're making that choice is be, is because of family history. Um, I think he's he's absolutely right. If he has a if he has, if his father had that kind of a problem with drugs, he he is probably smart to avoid them. So good for him. Well, I think actually, are we ready for break? Yeah. Okay, so we're going to take our first break. Uh, we have some space news as usual. Uh, and then we'll come back and we will touch a little bit more on the marijuana topic because I have a good question waiting. So we'll see you flip side. All right. I'm telling you to email us. Cast at forwhatitsworth.com BLFC Corp looks forward to your attending a For What It's Worth Live at Biggest Little Furcon in the Grand Sierra Resort, Reno, Nevada. The two fools and loyal friends of Biggest Little Brother We'll be presenting a double plus good spectacle for all citizens to reserve. Participation in the spectacle is also double plus good and will result in provisioning of prizes. Those who do not attend will be subject to re-education. Check your BLFC Corp guide to perfection for scheduled time and details to ensure you comply. Remember, Biggest Little Brother is watching. Hailing frequencies open, smoke scale aquatus here with more space news for you. As of Saturday, May 9th, here are your space headlines. So first up, we have a, a probe that was sent to Mercury called Messenger. It was launched uh, back in 2004 atop a Delta II from Canaveral, and uh, it took a while to get there. It actually had a really interesting orbital path that uh, brought it back to a flyby past Earth to correct its orbit, and then it had a couple of flybys of Venus, and then it had four or so encounters with Mercury, and then it uh, entered into low orbit and started doing some scans. It was uh, supposed to only last for about a year, but it ended up lasting for four, and it ended its four-year mission around Mercury by crashing into it. It actually ran out of propellant to correct its attitude, and they tried to use uh, the onboard pressurized helium to, to make it last just a little bit longer, but ultimately, uh, the solar pressure just ended up pushing it right into the, the surface of Mercury. 
Its suite of instruments actually collected about 10 terabytes of data, so it's given us unprecedented scans of the surface, including not just a mapping of the surface, but a detailed mineral scan. Scientists actually believe they found evidence of polar ice on Mercury under several inches of soil, so that's pretty cool. Blue Origin, a relative newcomer in the rocket industry, founded by Jeff Bezos, who also founded Amazon.com, recently completed a test of its new Shepard spacecraft. It's powered by a BE-3 engine, which burns liquid oxygen and liquid hydrogen, and it carried a test capsule to a, a specific height, and then they separated and the capsule parachuted back down. Now, the idea was to have the the actual propulsion module perform a propulsive landing, but there was a failure and it, it ended up crashing into the surface. But it's supposed to be a 100% reusable vehicle, and it's only going to be suborbital. It's not actually going to enter into orbit like, say, the, the SpaceX Dragon. But it's going to be largely for space tourism. I suspect that as they get more experienced with it, they'll probably build larger rockets or stick it on top of an Atlas or a Vulcan and have it actually go into orbit. But uh, that's pretty cool. Bit of not so great news. Uh, the Russian Progress Resupply Vehicle, Progress 59, lost control shortly after the upper stage disconnected from it. There was a failure. It didn't quite disconnect correctly or what have you. That, at least that's the theory. And they lost connection with it. They weren't able to control it. And it just began to tumble uh, as it was orbiting, trying to get to the ISS, but it never reached it. Unfortunately, just a little while before this recording, you know, within about 24 hours of this recording, it re-entered the Earth's atmosphere, broke up, burned up, and small fragments of it splashed down in the Pacific Ocean. It's a, the second resupply mission in about 18 months that has failed to reach the ISS. Now, the ISS still has plenty of supplies on board, and the supplies that were supposed to go up were things like clothing, food, oxygen, water, fuel and some minor science experiments. Nothing that can't be replaced. So it's it's no huge loss, but it is a disappointment. And it's gonna force them to have to, to ration their supplies a bit more. And to give you an idea of uh, how you know how reliable or how often this happens russia has flown 62 progress missions and only two including this one were unsuccessful so it's got a pretty decent track record and they're looking into what caused this and try to keep it from happening again in the future within the last few days spacex successfully completed a pad abort test of the dragon 2 and while it was successful not everything went according to plan but it didn't keep it from being a success uh, all eight Super Draco engines fired and burned for about six seconds, then shut off. But one of them throttled down prematurely, and this ended up causing it to fly not quite so far downrange and not quite so high as they had originally planned. It generated about 15,000 pounds of thrust. It reached a max speed of about 345 miles per hour and hit a max altitude of 3,894 feet. Again, burned for only six seconds. The max g-force experienced within the craft was about 6 g's, which, compared to some other experiences in spaceflight, that's pretty tolerable. Uh, there's going to be a second uh, abort test later on, uh, either in May or June, depending on whether or not the schedule holds. This time it's going to launch from Vandenberg, and it's going to be a mid-flight abort. They're going to put it on a rocket, fire the rocket, and then abort mid-flight to see if it can pull itself away from an exploding rocket with, a, with enough speed to protect the crew. That's all we've got for you this time. For more news on space and space-related matters, follow NASA, Blue Origin, SpaceX, and Roscosmos on Twitter, Facebook, and other social media. And if you have questions, feel free to tweet them out at a blue drag, and I'll see if I can answer them in the next episode. Until next time, this is Smokescale Aquatus saying, keep looking up, space fans.
there's only one thing you're listening to right now, and it's for what it's worth. What what's going on over there? Sound booth just had a funny bone. <laughs> no, I went to wave at tugs and then I jammed my hand on the table because distance and clearance are just beyond me right now. Anyway, <sighs> I think you have an email ready. Yes, I do. It's from Leonardo. Leo. Yes, Leo. The artist. Hello again, Koru. Yay. Firebreath, Tugs, and Rue. Good order. No particular order. it's the fur dying tiger leo again fur dying i think he means like i'm dying the fabric red ah but he spelled it dying as in i'm dying oh Oh. so he's talking about the topic and what he's saying is oh boy this is this one is a doozy drugs being bring back two feelings being happy af and being more nervous than hell. I started weed when I was in ninth grade. At at first, it was just for stress relief, just to help me forget some of the stuff at home. But thanks to all of my douche friends, I got higher grade stuff. First thing I know... First thing I know, I'm lighting up in the school workshop trailer um, to tipping a molly in class. Tripping a molly. I mean, tripping a molly. Sorry. <laughs> this is a waste. <laughs> yes, I was that that freaking stupid. Wait. I was that freaking stupid to do them at school. Um, I got the satisfaction of getting high. And the praise from those friends as we lit up. But after the high, I watched my back like a mofo. Always worrying if my parents would find my stash. My stash. Teachers. (laughs) My stash. Sorry. Always worrying if my parents would find my stash. Teachers. Walking in on one of us. Um, stupid times and stupid things I did. Guess with the combination of dumb luck or just the incompetence of um, small rural, rural town um, teacher not giving a royal flying banana, I got away with it. Now I light up from time to time like a fancy cigar. But the one thing I hate the most is the weed culture. But that's another story. Um, But for drug use in the fandom, um, there is, of what I know, um, are a couple weeds, I mean, a couple weed and pill-popping groups on FA. I've chatted with a couple of of random furs about weed and such. Um, Not really much else to say, but weed is bad if you abuse. Well, um, that is all. Uh, this tiger has to go. Um, talk to you guys later. Sincerely, Leo the Artist. 
So tell us your thoughts on that email, Rue, before we pass to our guest. Sure. Um, yeah, you were a pretty stupid kid. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I still yeah. love you, Leo. <laughs> I, I agree completely. I think I think it's worth mentioning that uh, I didn't even get into weed until I was in my early 30s. And the vast majority of my drug use was between ages 30 and around 33 or 34. I'm 37 now. Um, I think that kids doing that kind of stuff in high school, uh, it's it's an escape. You know, they're not really getting anything out of it except just escapism. And I, I don't think, I, I guess I can understand that mentality, but I think it's a... Isn't like that why we're furries? No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I don't I'm think just it's kidding. necessarily the, the best use of them. <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted you there. Oh, good. I I also agree. I'm gonna jump in. What? Go ahead. No, I I do agree. I maybe had the occasional drink through um through high school, like at family functions, but I didn't smoke weed for the first time until I was in my twenties. So, yeah, I I believe uh, and agree with exactly what Marissa was saying that it's uh, just kind of a, an escapist kind of way to get out and really not face the everyday grind, I guess. Well, and I guess the prevalence of drug use in high school uh, points to what an unbearable system we're making children go through in, in our country, and that's that's a problem in itself. I don't think drugs are the solution, but it certainly points to the existence of a problem. Exactly. Hmm. What's your thoughts, Tugs? Um, I think that doing Molly and going to class is a dumb idea. Yeah, <laughs> you just won't you won't enjoy it. You'll you'll just be wasting it. Well, you might enjoy it if it's like sex ed, but like that's not even hands on sex ed. Or you have a sexy teacher. Well, I was thinking you might enjoy it if it was gym class because you'll be you know running around and stuff. But you can't really <laughs> do much on Molly if you're just sitting in a class <laughs> running around. Yeah, I could just see that. Oh my god. <laughs> um. All right, so something that happened is in the around nineteen thirty or so, it built up for about ten years. Uh, our country did this grand experiment called prohibition, right? Yeah, and, it, yeah. and, it, and it was marvelous. And Utah was the state that voted to break prohibition, and I'm proud yeah. of that. Yeah, we were, we were, because at the time the legislators were having a tiff with the Mormon Church and decided to piss them off, so they voted to kill prohibition. <laughs> um, but around that time, also, um, Congress illegalized or criminalized, I should say, cannabis. Before that, it was perfectly legal for people to smoke in the United States. And in fact, it was culturally accepted that people do that. Um, and at the time, um, there was the uh, immigration, the anti-Mexican vibe going through the country. And so uh, the marijuana was coming across rather than the cannabis because there was actually, if you referred to marijuana, you were talking about Mexican marijuana versus straight-up cannabis from someone's hemp shop in the backyard or whatever. Um and since then, um, it's it's been this thing. And, and the big push for that wasn't necessarily just the anti-Mexican thing. It was the paper lobby not wanting hemp to take over for paper. Um, and so they capitalized on that on that vibe in the country. So a lot of people don't know that. Um, and so the question, actually, I'm, I'm going to ask Rue, too, is now that you know that, you probably didn't know that. I, have, I made a point of not telling you that. Does that change your perspective at all about marijuana? Not really. Not really? Okay. Morris, have you heard of that story before? Um, some elements, if not all of it. I certainly didn't know that uh, <laughs> that Utah uh, ended prohibition or was uh, pushing for the end of prohibition. But I, yeah, I was aware that weed was legal and was common, and uh, then became a thing that people were scared of. And you know, but you say that, but it's, it's also true that uh, 
that heroin used to be, you know, an ingredient in cough syrup, not heroin, coke. but the morphine, you know, that yeah. our, our attitudes to drugs have changed. And sometimes it's been, sometimes it's been a good thing, you know? Fair enough. So the next question on our list of questions we have for you, then let's shift gears. Let's talk about chasing the dragon. What is that? What? <laughs> I'm not positive. But I think, doesn't that refer to, um, when you do heroin and then you're always trying, it's an amazing fantastic experience and you're always trying to get that experience back so you keep doing more and more heroin but you can never really get it back isn't that what chasing the dragon is i i honestly don't know i didn't know if it was heroin specific that i think it is but you can certainly I mean, i've had that experience with other drugs i've never done heroin and uh, i would like to try it someday but only when i'm like you know terminally ill and like don't have to worry about getting addicted to it um but uh <laughs> no you know, i don't want to that's fair it's fair kind of it. it's just it's just morbid humor in a way too and yes, that yeah. is correct. Chasing the dragon, it it involves having that very first high to be so good and so fulfilling that you want to continue to experience that feeling. Uh, the problem is with most drugs, that first experience you have will actually burn those parts of your brain and actually prevent you from experiencing that a second mm. time. So people will chase it over and over and over by doing more and more and more mm. drugs and it's just one of those things that you just physically cannot obtain. Now we know. Oh, hold on. The more you There you go. So you guys were talking about hard drugs um, earlier. Um, I think you talked about hard drugs a little bit during the break. So uh, let's talk about them a little bit. What do you consider a hard drug and how... And this is the second question pertaining to that. And how do your friends view those? I was just going to ask you to define what a hard drug was because I don't, I don't know. Uh, well, I, I think that there's a certain – like there's a lot of gray, but there are certain things that I, I've noticed in our conversation have been hard drugs. Like heroin and cocaine are clearly hard drugs mm -hmm. in, the, in, a, in that context. What other things are clearly beyond the gray area? Well, in, in my opinion, the difference between uh, a safe drug and an unsafe drug or a drug that I would consider hard is uh, whether there is significant risk of, of physical damage, in, part in particular physical damage, not as much psychological because that's a little more grayer and harder to measure factor. And, and certainly cocaine, heroin, and meth, uh, in my mind, are the big three that are physically dangerous. Uh, and there are others, uh, Datura, but no one really does Datura. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, it, it, what, what are you doing to protect yourself? Like in any drug, let's say, do you do you, is that the criteria you look at? Like, is what the criteria you look at? Like how safe it is? How yeah? What kind of yeah? And and certainly you always want to know what you're getting and where it's coming from. That's LSD is is a riskier drug, not because of anything wrong with LSD, but because you can never really be sure unless you have a test kit and you're using it correctly, whether you're getting real LSD or you're getting something that's been cut with something or something that is a completely different chemical. Like, uh, not too long ago, there was a lot of, uh, of N-bomb going around the scene, and that's which has very similar effects to LSD, but is not <laughs> chemically the same at all and is, is, is uh, from what I've read, not very safe. So you've got, you've got to – that's why I don't – well, I don't do much of anything anymore anyway, but even when I was doing stuff, I didn't do as much LSD as I did many other things because when you're doing mushrooms, you can look at the mushroom. You know what you're getting. LSD is a lot fuzzier and MDMA is the same way. MDMA can be cut with all kinds of things you don't want and, and is, is not always reliable. So. Have you ever um, – have you lost a friend or lost somebody through hard drugs? 
when you say lost, you're specifically referring to someone dying? Either dying or... or Incapacitated? Well, just... Like, did they turn into a vegetable? Had a friendship end over the uh, drug use. Or, or it could be friendship end, I guess. I don't think that I have. I've certainly never had anyone I personally knew well die from, from drugs. There was a girl I knew a little bit at NYU who had... Uh, taken MDMA at a party and was drinking and walked home alone and hit her head in a doorknob and bled to death. But she was not a, someone I particularly knew well. And that's the only one I can think of. Um, most of the people I know are, are very responsible in their drug use. Um, I've heard some stories about people getting thrown out of hotels because they misbehaved on drugs. But that's that's the worst. Oh, and there was the guy, there was a guy at Rainforest a couple of years ago who, who uh, injured his knee at a dance. And I don't know if he was on drugs or not, but it certainly seemed like it was likely that he would have been. I remember hearing about this. I'd say for the most part, our scene has been pretty lucky. You know, I, I think, you know, in this in this particular episode, I've kind of, you know, some memories have been floating back to me. And I'm like, oh, that's why I'm so against this. And mm. so here here's a short condensed version. Um, I used to have a, a friend that I was extremely, extremely close to. And, you know, I was like a member of their family, pretty much. You know, I was there when their dad passed away. I was their Paul, Paul Baird. I, you know, I, I helped them out and um, they were part of my family. And what ended up happening is after their dad did die, um, the mom ended up, um, you know, falling in love with this, this guy that, um, dealt in drugs and um you know it was only a month after and there was a police raid at their house oh no and it completely destroyed that particular family completely made it so that those you know some of those kids ended up having to go to different different homes for a little bit and um you know it it as far as my, you know, relationship with them, it it completely ended it, you know, mm. because to me it was just like, where do I go from there? My friend, my best friend just barely got taken away in the police car. How do I, you know, how do I pursue that? And I, you know, things just grew distant between us. And so I would have to say that that. I've lost somebody to drugs and, you know, I've seen people that that get so involved in some of these hard drugs that it just completely ruins their life. And it sounds to me like in this case, the life was ruined by the police raid, not by the drugs. <laughs> well, that's an important distinction, though. So clarify. It's the, it's the enforcement, you know, not 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 a, not an addiction or not a, not damage from drug use. <laughs> Good. Fair question. It was meth. Oh, it was uh, meth. Uh, yeah, no, and the the house had uh, a meth lab in it. Oh, which is super dangerous. So, and that was right next to her house. So, yeah. So, so then, how do you resolve that that difference there? You bring up a good point. So, so the argument is okay. Well, it it's not the drug itself; it's the enforcement. This person's been hauled away because of that. So, what what would the alternative be then? But, in an but ideal? I still I I disagree with you. And and the reason why I disagree is because they got involved in the drug to where they had to, they they entrapped themselves to where they had to continue. 
Um, they had to continue taking that particular drug because it was an addiction. It was something that they needed right. and they weren't able to, they weren't strong enough themselves in which they were able to get out of the situation. Well, right. And I think the treatment for, for I mean, the solution to something like that is, is treatment more than it is, uh, enforcement. I think, uh, so you're I think saying, people you're saying like mental are, therapy versus putting someone in jail. Right. Well, I mean, I think, especially if they're, I mean, if they're dealing in, in manufacturing meth, that is, that is criminal and that certainly deserves some sort of penalty. But I think, uh, penalty alongside treatment is better than just penalty. And so I, I have a quick question about the situation though. So you said it was your friend, your really good friend, and then his mom who got involved with a boyfriend. Yes. And they were using, was your friend using at the same time? I do not know that. But I know that um, the boyfriend um, had two other brothers and they became, um, they kind of took my friend underneath their wing. Mm -hmm. And so by no means do I absolutely know if he was involved in drugs um, or involved in dealing the drugs themselves at school and stuff like that. Um, I know that they were like the brothers. Mm -hmm. um, I knew that they were doing stuff like that. I never, I didn't know if he ever was involved in that, but you know, after a drug raid, there yeah. you go. <laughs> I, I have a question and it's, and you bring up an interesting thought and I'm, I, I'm prefacing saying I'm not trying to offend you by asking this question. No, you're fine. Um, I think I was a different is, person is, at the well, time. Well, no, I, I, but I'm saying I think as people, we want to hope for the best in other people. Meaning, I don't go down the street and think that someone's out to shank me. Someone probably is out there to shank me. But ninety nine point nine 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 million nines of people, I assume, generally, will just are good people, right? They're not out mm -hmm. to. Yeah. Do you think because of that tendency, it's easier to blame? this object naming drugs versus okay my the person who i thought was good may have made a mistake now i'm not saying your friend made a mistake but i'm saying in general it's i mean you see it all the time with parents like oh my son my kid's perfect it's that other thing like the the not willing to point a finger at someone do you do you think that that plays into that son I, I mean i guess that it could i i just i just know for them i mean like they were a really close family and then you know it just tore them apart it, it tore them mm -hmm. apart and it was only a month after their dad died. So Ugh, after I rough. attended their funeral. So, so rough. So for me, that's my perspective. And yeah. I don't think that, that there's going to be anything that's going to be able to change that. Well, I think it sounds to me like yeah, you, the experience you had pertains specifically to meth, which is absolutely one of the worst drugs out there. I don't think – I wouldn't draw a relationship between that experience and all – drugs oh and and i i understand that that that's where you feel like i'm coming from i understand that there's different different types of drugs there's different you know especially when you have been talking like you know with weed like weed isn't the same as meth it's not the same you mm. know and i understand that but um at the same time you know do i want to do that 
no, because I think that smoking is gross. That's well, yeah. my personal opinion. That's one of the reasons I don't like it, too. And, <laughs> um, you know, there's been people that I've dated, people that you you and I know, um, and I'm, you know, that that I've been in a relationship with, and, you know, I've asked that person to, to basically quit if they want to be in, you know, they're, they're pursuing me, and they want to be in a relationship with me, well, one of my standards is, is that I don't want to kiss a dirty smoker. <laughs> Trust me, it's not fun. It's it's gross. Mm -hmm. That's my personal opinion. And so, you know, I I may love the person. And yeah, I could probably learn to to get over that. But, you know, I don't know. Anyways, I'm going on a tangent. So this is about you, not me. <laughs> Be safe. Be careful. Treat it with respect. I think. I think the the worst, the worst things I see uh, in in drug use are people treating them casually, treating them like a party uh, favor, and not not at, like something that can seriously fuck you up if you don't don't know what you're doing. So, you know, be I do have one question for you, actually. You and um, them final words. I, I apologize, but um, so. You're a poet, mm -hmm. and what inspiration, um, you know, because I'm, it puts you in some form of a mind space. How do you feel that drugs has helped you? I think, well, it really depends. That's, that's a complicated question, too. I think it depends on the drug. Um, I think mushrooms help me be less rigid in my writing, be sort of more open to looser forms and, and, and uh, wider use of language. And I, I, I didn't used to in my writing. Now I, I make up a lot of words. Now I use a lot, now I write a lot of poetry based on sound and less on sense. And that I think has helped my writing a lot. Um, I want to speak briefly about MDMA, which I, I think um, has helped me enormously. Um, I think that a lot of people do it because it's fun and sure it's fun, but I think it's a tremendous uh, therapeutic drug. I think it, uh, helped me get through a lot of shyness, a lot of discomfort around people that uh, was a big problem for me for a long time. I would it still is that. sometimes, but uh, that was, that was for me, uh, the first time I did that, and I've only done it a few times, um, was, was life-changing. So those are two ways. Is that, is that helpful? Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you mm -hmm. for answering that. All right. Well, then I think that's it. Shall we move on to the fun stuff for the show then? Yeah. All after right. this break. No, no break. No break. No break. We're no going break. right break. to it. No break. All right, so you remember how I told you that we have games and other shows? It's your turn. Okay. <laughs> this is where we punish you for coming on. It'll be so exciting and wonderful. Um, Rue, do you You have... just love torturing I people. Do. You just I do. I really do. I really do. So this particular game is called the Dead Poets Society. So what's going to happen is we're going to be asking you 10 questions. And um, there, it's not multiple choice. You just have to give us an answer. You get it right, you get it wrong. It's a pretty simple... You know, I put a lot of thought into these instructions and you never read them. <laughs> Maybe you should read the instructions, Doug. I will, but I'm reading all the poems, so I didn't want to... You know, people get tired of me. All right, Wait, well, am I supposed ahead. to like, identify the, po the author of the poems? That yes, going on? yes. Okay. So here we go. So being a poet yourself, mm -hmm. you naturally know every other poet out there. We will... That is 100% true. Yes, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure it is. Um, we will read you some poem ex excerpts. excerpts, and you will need to tell us who wrote it. 
Okay. Um, each dead poet you receive. Receive. What? Revive. What? <laughs> <laughs> he read revive. Okay. Each dead poet you revive for us um, is one point to you. Each dead poet you. Um, <laughs> I wrote it wrong on purpose. Yes, you did. Each poet. I can't read. Each dead poet you dead stays dead. <laughs> there you go. All right, you ready? Yeah, uh, just to clarify, so these are all dead poets. None of them are living? I honestly don't know. I just thought Dead Poet Society was clever. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It was a good movie. I I haven't even seen Dead Poet Society. Robin Williams, come back. Okay. All right, so I will read the poem, and then Rue will give you, uh, or we'll wait for your response, and then Rue will give you the answer uh, if it is wrong. So, poem one. Let us leave this place where smoke blows black. And the dark street winds and bends past the pits where the asphalt flowers grow. Don't cheat and Google it. You're Googling. You are so cheating. Oh, I totally was. All right. I won't do any more. And we shall walk (laughs) with a walk that is measured and slow and watch where the chalk white arrows go to the place where blanked out. Oh. Well, that's probably where the sidewalk ends, isn't it? And that would make it Shell Silverstein. That is correct. Poem two. So, huh? You gonna go for it? Yeah, I'm gonna go for okay, it. Okay, go for it. I stand amidst the roar of a summer torment storm, and I hold within my hand grains of golden sand. Yet few, yet how they creep through my fingers to the deep. When I weep, while I weep. All right, now that you've Googled it silently, tell us what the answer is. Hmm. I, I don't know for sure, but I'm going to guess that was Samuel Coleridge. Oh, no. <laughs> it was it's... Edgar Allan Tinky Winky Poe. <laughs> wow. I don't know why. So who was it? Edgar Allan Poe. Was that Poe? Yeah. Huh. yeah. Okay. All right, poem three. Whose woods these are, I think I know. His Robert house... Frost. Oh, very oh, good. Good job. <laughs> All right, number four. Wow, I don't know how to say that. Unaccustomed. Okay, wow, why can't I read unaccustomed? That's strange. Okay, we unaccustomed to courage. Exiles of delight. Live coiled in shells of loneliness. Shells? What? Keep going. Until love levels its high holy temple. And comes into our sight to liberate us into life. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. But if I were to guess, I would say Wordsworth. It is Maya and Angelico? Angelou, yeah. Angelou. <laughs> Angelico. Angelico. <laughs> I plan on naming my children that. <laughs> Angelica. <laughs> Angelica. Question or er, poem five. As soon as Fred gets out of bed, his underwear goes on his head. His mother laughs, don't put it there. It's no place for underwear. But near his ears above his brains is where Fred's underwear remains. Is it is it Dr. Seuss? <laughs> I don't think Dr. Seuss is in any of these poems. This is really? Jack Yeah, this is Damn. Jack Perletsky. Who? Jack Perletsky. I've never even heard of that one. He's I've read him in elementary school. Okay, we'll he's, get, like, he's, he's like the, yeah, he's, the Shel Silverstein, but with a penis. Yeah. Shel <laughs> Silverstein had a penis. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's a different kind of penis. 
I, I have no idea what he, you mean. He Carry did on. mostly like children's poetry and children's stories. Okay, we're going to poem six. <laughs> All right. For him I sing as some per... Perennial. Per, perennial. Pervert. What? Perennial. <laughs> For him I sing as some per perennial tree <laughs> out of its roots the present of on the past um, with time and space I him dilate 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 and fuse the immortal's law to make himself by them and law unto himself well I'm not positive but I think that sounds like Whitman that is correct yes Poem 7. She wore a terracotta dress, and we stayed because of the pelting storm within the handsome's dry recess. Though the horse had stopped, yea, motionless, we sat on snug and warm. I, I can't even. I can't even. I, am, I have no guess for that one. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you, that one? you totally wrote that one, didn't you? No, I didn't. It was Thomas Hardy. Really? Huh. Yeah. Okay. I have to say, I didn't think it was very good. Go on. (laughs) Number eight. I heard a fly buzz. Oh, Emily Dickinson. Oh, good job. You have to read nine because I need to read ten. Okay. (coughs) Number nine. Out of the tugs. Out of the tugs. Out of the, what did I do? I haven't even done anything. <laughs> yeah, and I'm in this dead out, person. Out of the cradle, endlessly rocking. No, that's Whitman again. You would have two Whitmans. No, he has to click click on the screen, and then it... Uh, never mind. Oh. <laughs> it pops up and, like, covers all the words. Oh. It's like my name appears. By the way, I'm here. <laughs> and out of the tugs. Okay. Out of the mid-woods twilight, into the meadow dawn, Irony limbs and brown-eyed flashes my fawn. He skips through and copes sings. And singing. Yeah, cops a sing. And his shadow dances along. And I know not which I should follow. Shadow or song. That's a good one. And it I don't think I've heard it. But is it Oscar Wilde? That is correct. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> All right. Nice. Before we read the last poem, we need the current scores. Five. five. Oh, five. That's actually pretty good. I know. For our games, that's really good. I know. You know like it's Olympian usually... level. All right. Ready for 10? I'm ready. Prepare your body. On new moons, I dig holes. Independent. Do you have a guess? Well, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly read the whole thing. I can't. I can't. No, here's the thing. I almost didn't do this one because Morris performs his poetry so well. I feel like it's insulting to him for me to even try and read it aloud. So I really struggled with this. I'm not reading this whole thing. So we should have him recite it. Yeah. But the answer is you, dummy. The the listeners. <laughs> the listeners want to know. Yeah, recite this from memory. And I want to know. Um, damn it, say it. The whole piece. Well, now it's just uh, till pants up. Oh, hold on. I have my book, uh, just arms reach away. Does that mean pants down was before that? That is. Speaking of which, can I plug my book? Uh, yeah, well, you know what? Do it right after you read it. Sure. Sure. Um, this is an excerpt from the poem, uh, How Has the Recession Affected You Personally? From the book, 
Zebra Feathers, which you can get on Amazon if you want. Is it on Kindle uh, as well? It's it's good. I like it anyway. Where, where's the <laughs> uh, Sorry. On New Moons. On New Moons to Pants Up? Yeah. So the title is, How Has the Recession Affected You Personally? On New Moons, I dig holes in abandoned lots and bury what passes for treasure. Tinsel, crayons, scraps of crinoline, squares of linoleum, pewter tea kettles. I eat only one meal each day, but I try to make it a lavish one. It's become a struggle to keep my pants up. See, I can't do that. <laughs> this guy's a pro. Like he did, he, He's performed here in Salt Lake a couple times. And every time it's like I'm going and God is reading me poetry, but I can't possibly read that poetry the same way. That's because you lack emotion. No, that's because he goes up there and doesn't give a fuck, and I would not you be able to do that. I love how you say it that way. It's because you lack emotion. It's because you're emotionally that's dead. That's I'm sad that your book on Amazon is not on Kindle. Is this happening soon? Oh, yeah, actually, um, it's about to be re-released, and I think one of the things we're doing on the re-release is um, an ebook. so hmm, really? I'll let you know when that's out. Yeah, you could sponsor it. But the an cover episode. art is so neat, and you won't get the cover art. The cover is... Um, do you know the artist Birds on F.A.? Um, Allison, I can't remember her last name, but uh, she did the What's cover F. art. Or rather, we took one of her existing pieces for the cover art, and it's really neat. That's What's so. F.A.? What's F.A.? It's I Am View now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. <laughs> uh. Yeah, so um, I'm looking at it on Amazon, everyone. If you want to check out his poetry, and seriously, if you can seem to do it live, it's way better than the book, but get it, get oh. the book. Um, it's uh, Amazon. Just type in Zebra Feathers. This is the one. And it's and it's not that much, you furries. So spend the money. There we go. And there's zebras and feathers. Actually, you know what? Let's just do this right. Hold on. I'm going to ad lib this, and it's going to be terrible. <laughs> Today's episode of For What It's Worth is suddenly brought to you by Zebra Feathers by Morris Stegosaurus, who is currently our guest. Check it out today on Amazon or at your local independent bookstore. We may or may not be able to get it for you. Again, that's zebra feathers. <laughs> okay, there we go. <laughs> Rue, are you okay over there? Tugs, you never cease to amaze me. <laughs> we are not mocking you, I promise. Are you okay over there, Boris? Oh, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine. <laughs> We actually, you the episode you've listened to does not have that particular uh, piece till later on, but you'll see how sponsorship works. You just sponsored our episode. Congratulations! Oh, I think I got to the I think I got to the sponsor part. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> I understand what you speak. All right, all right. I'm pushing this button so we can move on. Housekeeping. No. Housekeeping. It's time for housekeeping. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, no, that's background music. Turn that down. Jeez, we're not that fancy. Okay, okay. Uh, if you like today's show, comment on the show site. It makes it look like you people go and listen to our show. Like we actually have listeners? Okay, to be fair, our comment system was broken for the last week. I don't know why, but I fixed it. So it's now working. Please comment. Really? Yeah. People have probably been wanting to comment. Uh, there were comments that were imported, so we're good. We're good. So, yeah, and give us some good reviews on iTunes, or bad ones. Give us reviews. Yeah, give us reviews. We only want the good ones. Actually, please don't send us bad ones. Hurt. So, just kidding. Just kidding. Um, 
So BOFC. Oh man, I am so excited for this show. Oh man, we are going to be giving away some pretty nice shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be pretty shiny. Yeah, um, Koru's holding one of the You Will Own This Soon giveaways, um, which actually we can say now because it's been on Twitter. We have a memory capture device that is Biggest Little Brother approved and lets you appropriately show your love for his uh, caring and guidance towards us. (laughs) They're pretty badass. You need to come get one. There's only 50 available for the audience. Get one quick. The only other ways to get one are you have to get one through the charity auction. And that's, I think, it. You have to be on staff for BLFC, and you might get one. Might. Yeah. So Saturday, 4 p.m., be there. And then stay to the end to actually get your your goodies. And that's actually going to be our next episode. It is. It is. So look forward. Please look forward to it. It'll be amazing. Just the way you are. Okay. Well, thank you so much for um, for coming out and talking to us a little bit today, Morris. No problem. Thanks for having me. Did you have any more plugging you'd like to do? Now is your time. I think I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, though, guys, like even though we've been joking about it, his poetry is really awesome. So it's it absolutely is worth checking out. So where can they check it out online if they want to go now besides buying it on Amazon? Oh, I've got some things on FA, and oh. I've got some videos on YouTube, but uh, just buy the book. Just buy the Give me money. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just think that's the I – don't, I don't really have, like, a, a repository of poetry in any particular place, so I think that that's the place to go if you want it. So. Yeah. We might need to have you come on for the copyright episode. The copyright episode, huh? It's way down the road, but it's going to come on eventually. Yeah, all right. I'd be up for that. Yeah, it's good times. I think that's it. Well, so we'll see you at BLFC, everyone. Yes, BLFC. So this has been Rue. This is Tugs. And Koru, which won't be at BLFC, sorry. Oh. Now you say your name. Oh, hi, I'm Morris. <laughs> and this has and been, been For, for what, what It's, it's worth. worth. Did you say it, Morris? No. He didn't say it. You have to say the show name. What? <laughs> We're not doing it again. You just got to say it now. This is all going out right you now. You just have to say it. For, for what it's worth. And now, now wait, wait, wait. I want feeling behind that. So, oh God, shut up! We're <laughs> I'm done. Just kidding. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I want you to put it in a poet. You know, you I, I are not director. Shh. <laughs>